Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of just 12 questions in 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and today we are very excited to be ex- uh, to be speaking with Patrick Quayley. Patrick has a rare mix of underwriting and operational background in the mortgage industry, combined with years of sales, sk- sales skills, and mastery of social media for lead generation. Patrick is uniquely equipped to attract consumers that want to use his mortgage services as well as help them navigate the increasingly complex world of obtaining mortgage financing. In addition to actively working as a loan officer and branch manager, he's a director of the Agent Acceleration Academy, an organization dedicated to teaching sales and marketing on social media, primarily to real estate agents and other real estate-related service industries in multiple states. He is also the host of a video and podcast series, The Wicked Awesome Report, where guests include local and national business owners and entrepreneurs, covering topics from sales and marketing, current events, and general interest stories, all with an emphasis on local business to support the shop local movement. Patrick, welcome. We are really happy to be speaking with you. Well, that certainly was a mouthful. I hope I can live up to all that, Mike. Thank you very much for those kind words. Well, I thank you for saying that. It was a mouthful. Tripped me up in many spots. May even have to clean it up uh, before we uh, go live. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in there. First, I'm going to start off with a softball since we both are in the state. And with the title of Wicked Awesome Report, most listening know where we are. Um, you talk about working in uh, with clients all over the place. How are you doing that uh, as you know, mortgage is a very regulated uh, area. So we're in Massachusetts, obviously, where it is wicked awesome. But how are you? Uh, how are you licensed in multiple states? Yeah. So in the mortgage business, you know, after the uh, the mortgage meltdown and the you know financial collapse that uh, that happened. And just for the record, I'm one of the good guys. Not my fault. I wasn't right in that kind of business. Okay. But um, with the financial reform that came about as a result of that. Uh, loan officers, like many other professionals, were required to be licensed. So I have a professional license, and licensing is done state by state. So um, you have a national component to the licensing requirement. So every loan officer has to pass the national test. And then for each state that you want to do business in, there's a specific state component that you know pertains to the lending laws and regulations, you know, specific for that state. So I'm licensed in uh, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, and Connecticut at the current time. So I would say all of New England, but we haven't quite hit Vermont yet. So that that's next on the list. That was my response. Take that, Vermont. Not there yet, but uh, we'll be going to get in there. Um, the video and podcast series that you host, uh, it is aimed at a a audience both in real estate as well as entrepreneurs uh what what are you talking about and uh who who are the guests that you're bringing on yeah so obviously with with my line of work the my circle is you know relatively real estate centric okay so i have a lot of real estate agents uh other loan officers um, some financial planners, um, and again, small business owners. So I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the whole, you know, shop local uh, movement. You know, nothing against the big box stores, but I'd prefer to to spend my money in the local community because it's these small business owners 
there's, you know, those are the ones that are sponsoring the kids, you know, baseball teams and soccer teams. And so let's uh, sort of the velocity of money, let, let's spend money in the local economy and, and help each other uh, thrive. So from restaurant owners, uh, bookkeepers, uh, attorneys, uh, I mean, you name it, pretty much uh, it's an open invitation to, to any business owner, entrepreneur, salesperson that uh, has a story to tell. I'd welcome them and give them a platform to help them tell the story very much like you are here, Mike. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I like the way that you uh, not only highlight the shop local movement, but you explain it in a way that makes sense because you'll hear it. And then if there's any follow-up, it's, well, you know, the, the big box stores are evil or they don't care, but the, the example you give that they support community initiatives, like the sports teams, like things that are going on in the backyard, that is why we we should uh, help those in the community when it comes to making those business decisions. So thank you for including that example. Absolutely. I mean, I, I write the checks to the local, you know, sports uh, teams for for the town, and I know a lot of other local small business owners do too. So let's support the businesses that are helping our communities, you know, survive and thrive. You know, they're they're only going to be that way if we continue to support them. For, for sure, absolutely. Um, what I, one thing I like to do with, with guests like yourself who do wear many hats, uh, I'll ask, since you are doing multiple things, if you meet somebody, what will you tell them that you do, or how do you introduce yourself to somebody new? Well, I'd say I'd, I'd primarily, primarily start off with, uh, the fact that I'm a mortgage loan officer. Uh, so I've been in the mortgage space, believe it or not, since, uh, 1993, <clears throat> Uh, so been doing this a long time. Uh, you know, it's not my first rodeo, not my first cycle in the real estate industry. Uh, so that is, is pretty much been my identity for, you know, 30 years now, uh, working in, in the mortgage space. Um, but the, the other pieces to the puzzle, whether it be the podcast series or the business networking events that I either host or go to myself, pretty much put myself out there to to be the straw that stirs the drink. Okay. I, I want to be that connector. I want to help uh, other people in my network get to know each other, um, build those business relationships. And if I can put person A together with person B, and it's a good business connection and business results of it, well, I'd like to think that both person A and person B are going to remember that it was me that put them in the room together and made that introduction. And, you know, I, I believe in karma. What goes around comes around. And if I help other people uh, achieve their business goals, well, that's going to come back to me in some way, shape or form. And that's that reminds me of, of our initial conversation. That's where we we clicked that we both have that very similar approach and mindset when it comes to, hey, I, I know I know this guy, he'd be great to meet to meet him or, or vice versa. And it it's good to put them together because as I found a profession, that's not always the case uh, that sometimes there's uh, there's roadblocks to those introductions to say the least. So uh, it makes a ton of sense to me. And you nailed it with, uh, I think it's the Zig Ziglar quote that if you help enough other people get what they want, you get what you want, everything that you want as well. Um, so that, that's Zig, Zig nailed it. <laughs> that he did. Um, so I, I like that. And, you know, with all the um, <clears throat> mortgage experience, you use the word cycle, which I wrote down here, I want to follow up on. It's something that we hear all the time in real estate. There's, you know, the market's up, the market's down, that it's, it's gonna, it's cyclical. Having the experience that you have, and as well as the expertise, how do you prepare your partners, the, the real estate agents, 
uh, you know, ex the other uh, lenders, uh, inspectors, anybody else that you're kind of working to deal with uh, for Cycle, as well as prospective clients, you know, your borrowers. How how do you help them through uh, what might be their uh, up market, down market? When, as you reference, the cycle is going to always be there and going to be something that uh, they're always facing from one direction or another. Yeah, well, you, you definitely have to plan ahead. So, you know, I'm an optimist. I, I don't want to, you know, preach doom and gloom. But hey, when when you're on top of the mountain, you got to throw some dirt down into the valley to to soften your fall because it is going to come back. You are going to come back down. Okay, it's not. You're not going to live at the at the peak uh, forever. So, people that maybe haven't been in the business as long as I have. Uh, they've maybe only experienced some of the up, you know, uptimes we've seen over the past seven, eight, 10 years. Um, you know, the advice to them is, is definitely that you, you just don't spend your money foolishly bank it. There are going to be times where, you know, like in my business, you're not writing applications or the real estate agents, you're not, you know, writing contracts. There are times where things are going to be slow so, you know, be uh, conservative, put together your budget, put together enough money that you can survive through those downtimes, because it very well could be, you know, a game of survival. So an interesting stat that I heard recently in, in my space in the mortgage business that um, so our, our licensing, like we talked about earlier, uh, renews on an uh annual calendar basis. So by the end of December, you need to have all your continuing education done and your license would renew uh, by January 1st. Well, about one fifth of the loan officers in the country, in the US, did not renew their license. And, and I think that just speaks to the slowdown from the absolute height of the market that was going on through through the pandemic, I guess we're we're one of the fortunate industries in the fact that during the pandemic, our doors were were open. Uh, we were one of the industries that thrived with lower interest rates. Uh, the The refinance market was was insane. Uh, we were all putting in a ton of hours to to help our clients. Um, but the advice to to the colleagues and other people in the business that hadn't really seen a downtime was bank that money. Don't, don't go spending it foolishly. And the same advice goes to clients. Okay, great. We're, we're helping you maybe reposition your debt. You're, we've got some great terms here. You're taking some cash out. Uh, you're going to pay off a home equity line. You're going to pay off credit card debt. You know, let, let's go about that smartly. Okay. And maybe take out a little bit extra that you're not actually going to put into use put it aside and build that emergency fund, build those reserves, because the rates as low as they were, chances are we're not going to see them that low again. So get that money rather than having it trapped in the equity in the home, put it aside where you can use it and sort of jumpstart your, your rainy day fund. A lot of great stuff that I want to follow up on, Patrick. First, the, uh, the stat with the twenty percent not renewing their license, that's that's incredible. I um, I sat on a panel myself the end of last year that was um, centered around the fact that there was an, a forecasted three hundred thousand real estate uh, realtors that were not going to renew their license. And one, uh, I was just shocked at the number. And then two, that it was so tenuous that just the amount to uh, the 
relatively small amount to pay for the license was enough to knock people out, which is uh, kind of showed the the small margins that that some were playing with, which is terrifying when you kind of dig into it. But um, I won't, won't go too far down that path. But what I like there is the, the plan ahead advice that you can can rarely go wrong when you uh, take a, a smart assessment of where you are, where you may be going, and then have a, a backup or a, a rainy day fund. Um, what other types of if not questions you're asked, what kind of uh, strategic uh, initiatives do do borrowers, other first-time home buyers, or anybody who's looking to uh, maybe buy, you know, buy a property with a mortgage, either an investment property, a second home, are you telling them that they're not aware of, or that they may not, they may have had uh, some less complete or even some uh, some wrong information beforehand? Yeah. So when I advise my clients, you know, I really want to take a look at the the whole picture. So a client may come to me and say, okay, well, I want to refinance this investment property or I want to purchase an investment property. Okay. That's great. But you you can't really treat it in a silo. Let's take a look at everything to make sure you're, you're properly set up. And, you know, like I tell my clients, look, I'm not your doctor. I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your priest. But anything you tell me is is safe. This is a safe spot. I'm here to try to to help you. Okay, so be honest with me. Tell me the whole truth because I can only give you the right advice if I'm armed with all of the facts. So let's take a look at all of your paperwork and not treat you know the transaction that you're looking for in in a silo. Because I'm not really interested in just a transaction. I have a relationship with my clients. I want to be able to help them more than just get to the closing table on that one transaction. So sometimes it's a case of um, repositioning the debt, okay? You may be better off uh, taking a cash out refinance on a primary residence, which is is going to come at less expensive terms than a refinance on an investment property, which is going to come at a cost of higher rates or, or higher points. I mean, that's a real simple example, but you know, it's repositioning the debt. It may be the same dollar amount outstanding, but you know, take an example for credit cards. Okay. So credit card rates, you know, 10, 12, 15, 18%. Okay. A home mortgage. And, you know, during the pandemic was in the twos and threes, but even now in the, you know, sixes or sevens, still a whole heck of a lot cheaper than the, you know, on the low side credit card, 13, 14% interest rate. So if you have the equity, it very well may make sense to maximize your budget. Okay. So rather than taking a look at the percentage signs, what's in your checkbook? There's no percentage signs there. There's dollar signs. Let's focus on the dollars. How much cash flow can we actually uh, uh, improve for you so that you don't have to worry about your budget every month, so that you can put more money away in your retirement accounts, so that you can put money away to um, uh, to put into the college funds for, for the kids. So, you know, I'm not a financial planner uh, and I don't try to be okay but in order to do what i do effectively you got to take in some financial planning concepts and take a look at the big picture in order to try try to help that client now i certainly know um not to overstep my bounds i i I know when there's a question that i don't know the answer to and that's when i pull in my cpa that's when i pull in my financial planner that's when i pull in my attorney to to give that proper advice i know enough to know what I don't know. So when a really complex question comes up, I bring 
bring the team in so we can solve it together for the client. Yeah, and that's and that that's just wonderful advice. The way that you apply concepts, both from what you're doing as well as the you know financial advice to the scenario, specifically when you're talking about understanding the whole truth, having that whole picture, so you can give the proper and correct advice to that client. And I like the way that you talk about dollars versus percentages. That it doesn't make sense to pay a higher percentage if there's a way to rebalance or to reconfigure what they're doing. So. Uh, that's a great example of things that people may not realize, may kind of think they know, but may not have the best information. And that when when they work with you, that you uh, can give them the accurate information based on on where they where they are, where they're looking to go. Exactly, and in a nice way, you know, kind of blunt about it, but again, in a nice way, a consumer may be upset that you know current mortgage interest rates are in the sixes or the sevens, but they're not batting an eye at the fact they're paying fifteen or eighteen percent on a credit card. It, again, let's pull the percentages out of the picture and let's look at the dollar signs. What, what really makes sense? How, how can we maximize your budget to put you in a better overall financial position? Absolutely. Um, one of the other areas that we had talked about um, as far as misconceptions or not a, a full understanding when we, we first connected was the uh, VA products. And I think uh, my memory serves me correctly that you do a good amount of work with uh, VA loans. If you could uh, talk a little bit about uh, the product and the questions that you get that may uh, surround uh, either half truths or just all in out uh, myths or misconceptions about those products. Yeah. So, so something that I'm really passionate about is uh, helping our veterans uh, working with the VA home loan product. So just sort of a, a quick background on that. I'm not a veteran. I didn't serve. That that wasn't my calling. I have lots of friends and family members that that have. Um, but I lived outside of the U.S. for a number of years. And I think that time uh, living overseas gives me a little bit of a unique or, or, or better perspective, maybe, of the freedoms and the opportunities that are provided to us here in the United States. And I firmly believe that those opportunities and those freedoms are protected by the men and women who are serving our country in uniform. So because of the time living outside of the U.S., I have a, a stronger fondness for the for the people that are protecting what we do have in the U.S. So that's sort of where, where my passion for uh, helping the veterans uh, comes from. So in my space in, in, in the mortgage world, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation, uh, incorrect beliefs, wrong assumptions when it comes to the VA home loan process. Now, I understand how some and, and why you know that came about. And the way that the VA home loan is structured today, uh, the, the policies and procedures, it's not our grandparents' VA loan. It, it's a lot different. So some of those stories of, that you may have heard about what had happened you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago uh, with a VA transaction, it, it just it's not today's truth, okay? So what I do is use a platform of education to try to, uh, as much as I can, be an advocate for veterans in general, but specifically for the veterans that make their way into my mortgage practice. Um, I have a series of classes that I teach, uh, both online and in person, uh, mostly directed at the real estate agent community. So that's sort of the, I guess, 
the front line when it when it comes to uh, veterans making an offer on a home. So the classes are mostly directed at at real estate agents, um, but also for other loan officers. And I'm not necessarily afraid of competition. I mean, the more loan officers that understand the VA loan product, the better that the veterans are going to be served from from coast to coast. Okay. And uh, home sellers, you know, so the general pop, anybody they'll listen. Okay. I'll, I'll tell them about the <laughs> VA program. Okay. But the classes are primarily directed at real estate agents and it falls under the, the general theme of myth busting. So we take some of the top 10 myths about the VA loan and show how those myths came to be and why they're not correct and then what the real information is. So there's a little bit of sort of peeling back the onion, a little bit of deprogramming and re-education, if you will, uh, about what the VA loan program is. And I have, for for my veterans that are pre-approved, I have a cover letter that goes with their pre-approval notice that, you know, in, in very polite terms says, hey, Mr. and Ms. Seller, don't believe everything you've heard about the VA loan before. Here are some of the facts of what the VA loan is today. And in a nice way, kind of call them out for maybe being less than patriotic because they don't want to work with a buyer who is a veteran and and taking out a VA loan. Uh, I also reach out to the listing agent on that transaction and make sure that they're not being weighed down with any incorrect beliefs. And they're sort of uh, advising their sellers maybe that they shouldn't work with a buyer getting VA financing because it's too difficult or uh, the appraisals are difficult or it's a, a long process uh, or because of VA loan, one of the benefits that's there for the veteran is no down payment is required. So it's a common misbelief that if a veteran is taking out 100% financing, well, what the hell is wrong with them? They don't have money for a down payment? That doesn't sound like a a strong financial candidate. And really, the opposite is the truth. On every single measurable statistic, income, credit score, available funds, the average veteran is far superior on all of those metrics than their civilian counterparts. And you know, I've got the facts and the data to, to prove it. So I'm not just a talking head here. I've, you know, I I show the the sources and explain some of the how and why. So I definitely do everything I can to go to bat for uh the veteran clients. I've even talked to some sellers on behalf of the veteran client because I'll tell the listing agent, hey, you know, if there's anything that um that you feel is is not right or a sticking point here, or you know, anything that is putting my veteran buyer at a disadvantage because it's VA financing. Let's get that open. You know, let's open up that can of worms. Let's talk about it and have a, a clear and honest discussion. And if that involves me talking to your seller so that I can explain that the VA loan process is not difficult, doesn't take longer. It's not a less qualified client. I'm happy to do that. Let's get them on the phone right now. And of course, I ask my veteran client if it's okay to have that conversation. I'm not talking out of school uh, about their, you know, about their finances. I, I do have to maintain a certain amount of client confidentiality, but I'm gonna go the extra mile. Uh, you know, <laughs> sort of in, in military terms, that's the that's the hill I'm gonna die on. I'm going to lead the charge to try to do everything I can to make sure that veteran gets a fair shake when it comes to purchasing a property. 
So I'll I'll step down off my soapbox now, but that's <laughs> that that's my take on uh, what needs to happen to help uh, veterans uh, get to the closing table. No, that that's an excellent point. Is starting with the educational approach that letting everyone know what the proper information is, what the process looks like, dispelling those uh, misconceptions, and um, you know, as you said, the the veterans they do so much for the country. It's uh, it's unfortunate that there is a lot of um, uh, veterans that are taken advantage of in this process by uh, many different avenues. So it's it's good that they've got an advocate in you, and then the ability or the willingness to talk to a seller or a listing agent just really illustrates the uh, you're you're going the extra mile for your clients to kind of wipe those um, misunderstandings away and, and help the deal move forward so i think that's that's an excellent example of, of how you do it and how you do it well like i'm willing to talk to anybody that's willing to listen about the va loan program for sure I love it. And changing gears a moment, you mentioned living abroad. Is there a, is there a story there that you can share? Yeah. So, uh, so you know, I guess again, peeling back the onion here outside of the uh, uh, the business world. So, uh, both my mother and my father are from Ireland, um, and had an opportunity uh, when I was a teenager to move back to Ireland, and I did. Uh, so, I had visited. Ireland, uh, you know, just about every single summer as a kid, uh, spent a you know full three months there. We typically miss the last couple of days of school and the first couple of days of school, so we'd have a solid three months uh, in Ireland. And uh, so three months a year, every year as a, as a kid growing up, uh, some years at Christmas as well. So it was definitely uh familiar uh territory uh to this day i still call it home uh, home is where the heart is so uh my mother still lives there as as does my sister and uh, her husband and um had the chance to move back there as a teenager uh finished the last couple of years of high school there and then and came back uh, to boston to to go to college so again when i say that i'd lived overseas and sort of my respect for uh the us military it's not like I was living in communist Russia, okay? It, it wasn't an oppressive, you know, state I was living in, but it was different. It, it's not not the same as the U.S. There are freedoms and opportunities that exist here that just simply don't exist anyplace else. And that's not to knock down or badmouth another country. It's just the U.S. It's the land of opportunity. That, that's why so many people immigrate here, you know? So I'm very fortunate in the sense that um, I was able to spend some time living overseas, uh, grateful for those experiences, uh, met friends there that that are still friends of mine today, definitely lifelong friends, um, great opportunity, learned a lot uh, about the, uh, the country of Ireland, learned a lot about myself, uh, and you know, eventually came back here to the U.S. to, to go to college. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one last uh, change of gears. We talked up front about the uh, podcast series, the videos, and the the teaching that you do uh, kind of aimed at entrepreneurs, uh, sales, and marketing. So our, a lot, of, a large portion of our audience is entrepreneurial, either in what they're doing or in nature in general. Uh, what's an area that uh, entrepreneurs either are are missing the boat on when it comes to sales and marketing, or they uh, they could do better, in your opinion, from from what you've uh, what you've seen in delivering your course and having a back and forth with entrepreneurs. 
So I would say that probably the number one missed opportunity is the business connections. Okay. So someone's in business and in, in sales, because when you're a small business owner, you're, you're wearing many hats, you know, uh, and one of the most important hats is, is sales. Cause if you don't have any sales, you don't have a business. So many business owners are, are looking for customers are looking for clients are looking for patients that, you know, and they're focused on bringing uh, that person into their practice. So not that I do a whole lot of coaching, but quite often uh, a newer real estate agent will come to me looking for advice because I have been doing this so long and happy, you know, happy to give it. Uh, one of the things that I coach these newer agents on is when building your database, take a look at your checkbook. Now, I know I'm probably dating myself even more here. I don't know if anybody <laughs> still uses a checkbook. I do, okay. But take a look at your checkbook. Who are you writing checks to? Okay. You're supporting other businesses. They should know it, what it is that you do. And because you're supporting their business, well, you want to make sure that they have the opportunity to support your business as well. Tell them what you do. Have have a conversation about that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, pushy in your face, you know, type of conversation. It it's just an open and honest conversation. You know, who who cuts your grass? Who cuts your hair? Hopefully not the same person. Uh, who who's your plumber? Who's your painter? Who, you know, who's your your real estate agent? Who's your you know mortgage broker who who's your attorney everybody that's in your checkbook should know what you do you already have a list of potential clients you just don't know it because they don't know what you do okay so when i'm coaching a a new real estate agent or a new loan officer that's where I tell them to start to build their database. My practice has grown pretty much exclusively by referral. I've never bought leads or paid advertising. It's all repeat clients and their referrals and referrals from the other um, business partners I have, attorneys, real estate agents, CPAs, financial planners. Um, so when I when I do that small amount of coaching, uh, I do it from my experience, how I've built my practice. You got to let everybody know what you do. And if you're supporting another small business, well, I, I think it's fair that you should ask them to support your business. You know, it's that, that karma, what, what goes around comes around. You know, so if you're writing a check to your landscaper, your landscaper better know that, you know, that I'm a mortgage broker. You know, Mr. Landscaper, when it's time for you to buy your house, I want you to come to me. You take great care of my of my yard. I want to take great care of you when it comes time to purchase a house. You know, so uh, I, I think that's the number one missed opportunity that a lot of entrepreneurs and and salespeople in general just miss out on. And it's as simple as just looking at your checkbook. Yeah, that's that's it's really good advice to let everyone that you do business with know what you do because you know it's a lot of times that it's not that they will forget or not think of you it's just that if you are not clear on what it is you're not going to be top of mind they'll probably push the business or direct it somewhere else and the second piece there that i think a lot of uh newer or even seasoned 
entrepreneurs, sales uh, professionals kind of mistake they make is, oh, this person wouldn't buy a product or service. So it's, it's a waste of my time. And that, first of all, it's a terrible mindset. And second of all, the best, and you mentioned it with referrals and word of mouth, that's the best doors that can be open for you. When somebody else says, hey, you know, I, I worked with Patrick, you need to meet him. So it, they might not be, you, the landscape, for example, your landscape might not buy a house, but he may work with 10 people that do. And if he introduces them to you, it's a lot easier to do business that way. So I, I love that example that you give. Exactly. So it may not necessarily be that first connection. It could be the second, third or fourth level. It could be that well, one of the guys that works on the landscapers crew, his sister maybe is buying a house. So it's like that, you know, second or third generation of referral. And, you know, as you know, as big as the world is and as disconnected as as people are, it just it never ceases to amaze me on social media platforms. You know, I get referred somebody who is new coming into my practice. Well, we've got 10 or 15 mutual friends and they're not just, you know, the random, you know, Facebook acquaintances. You know, they truly are. Oh, that's my cousin or or, you know, she's married to, you know, my college roommate or, you know. The connections are are, are amazing, and, and sometimes those third or fourth level referrals become a lot more legitimate. You've got some of that social proof because now you realize that you have some other connections. And I guess I've been fortunate enough to to have been in this business so long that I do have a good book of business, and in one way, shape, or form, most of those people are connected to each other. Very nice, very nice. Somehow we are at time already, Patrick. Uh, we will uh, post a link to to your show. Where else can our listeners find you or connect with you if they want to learn more or uh, speak with you directly? Yeah, so I'm, you know, the branding that uh, I have landed on, uh, very appropriate for for this market, is Wicked Awesome Loan Officer. So really, all you have to do is go to wickedawesomeloanofficer.com. And that's the landing page where you can, from there, connect to all of my socials, uh, send me an email, give me a call, and even connect with my calendar and, and book a time. You know, if I can help you with mortgage financing, of course, I'd love to hear from you. But if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, someone in the real estate space, again, I'm not a professional coach, but, you know, I've been doing this a long time, happy to share information and advice. Uh, you can book a time to speak with me there. And if you are a a entrepreneur or salesperson or have something that, you know, a message you want to get out there, love to have you on my show and uh, have you be part of the Wicked Awesome Report. Certainly welcome you into that family. And again, it's wickedawesomeloanofficer.com. You can connect with me every which way from uh, from there. Excellent. We will certainly post those links. And just uh, before we get out of here, we have covered a good amount of ground, but I'd like to ask, is there anything I didn't ask you that I probably should have this evening? I don't think so. I think, you know, we, we certainly spent a couple of minutes talking about one of my passions there with uh, with VA financing. Um, I wanted to make sure that we we had covered that. Um, and my, you know, mortgage services cover both residential and commercial lending. And with uh, the contractor, developer, real estate investor community, there's also some private lending opportunities. So I help uh, people arrange for that as well. So it's really anything real estate related. You know, if you need financing for real estate, I'm a resource to help you with that. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Like, that's big. Uh, you know, so if you're in here in New England, it's not not always the case, and generally not normal that you'll have a uh, mortgage professional that does residential, commercial, and then has uh, private money as well. So, uh, Patrick is a wonderful resource. Uh, thank you for joining us, and I look forward to doing this again with you soon. 
Absolutely. I'm honored and grateful for the opportunity. Thank you, Mike.